these things never change. That's been our series as together we've been examining the Christian doctrines of the church. And just before we dive into our final installment of a Christian doctrine, would you help me thank God for our band and help me thank God for our praise team, our media ministry, our ushers, our greeters, and to each and every one of you who have gathered in this place to worship God one more time. Uh, definitely, we want to celebrate God's goodness because we know that in our lives, God has been faithful. Now, I can't say that for you, but I can at least say it for myself that I know that God has been faithful and his faithfulness continues that allows us to come and gather together as the church. I want to invite your attention to join me in 2 Peter, 2 Peter, the third chapter. That's where our message for the morning is coming from, as this epistle is written to the church, to those who believe in Jesus Christ, to those like Alyssa who has confessed their faith in Christ, to live under the lordship of Christ. This letter, this epistle is written to the believers then, is written to the believers now. And so as we read it together, read it as God speaking to you. We're going to look um, at the third chapter, and our reading will begin at the third verse. Second Peter, the third chapter, beginning at the third verse. He writes, Knowing this first of all, that scoffers, will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all that are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these the world that, that, that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want you to hear that again. That is God's desire, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burnt up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of person ought you to be in, li in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the hastening that comes of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness will dwell. This is the word of the Lord. And on the basis of God's word, 
we want to talk for a brief moment about last things. We'll talk about the last things. If you've been with us in the series, we have covered the theology of God. We've talked about the trinity, the veracity of Scripture, the truth of the Bible, what it means to be the church, spiritual warfare, the gift of salvation, and on this Sunday, we're going to talk about the last things. What's going to happen in the end? Bow your heads and pray with me. For we're here because of your goodness. And Father, all of our lives, even when we weren't aware of it, you have been faithful. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you blessed us with this opportunity, that together we're able to look into your word. Now we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak ever so clearly to us, that your word might be deposited in our hearts and our minds, and that our minds be receptive soil for the, the seed of your word, that it might produce fruit and deepen our faith, trust, and love in you. Demonstrated in our love for one another. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Yesterday, um, I, was, I was in New Orleans, and God blessed that I was able to lead in a men's conference there. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. Flew back in. Um, but during that time, I was in a discussion where the, the moderator was asking questions. And he did say to me, Sonia, good to see you all, too. He said to me, Sonia, uh, he said, I know that you are a husband and you are a pastor uh, and that you are a student and that you are a father. He said, but what do you do in your free time? I said, free time. What's that? But then, Scott, I thought about it, and I said, well, so, some things that, that we like to do as a family, uh, in a few occasions that we have it, one of the things we like to do is that we like to watch movies. Um, I don't know about you all. Some of you might be a little too, no, I'm going to say that. Um, we, like to watch, we like to watch movies. And so recently we went to a movie, Anthony, we went to that movie, um, and I'll tell you a little bit about it uh, a little later, but we went to that movie, and, and I tell you, um, I love movies. Now, my wife and I, we, we, we like different genres of movies, okay? Don't, don't look at me like that. I'm just telling you the truth. If no one is, if nothing is blowing up, nothing is moving fast, then that's not a movie for me. <laughs> but we were watching this movie, um, and... And something gripped me because as I was watching and expecting Austin for the, the, the fine cars to move in a fast pace. And I was, I was expecting for some daredevil stunts and some, some, some superhuman activity to happen. Um, Dom and his gang uh, were, were doing their thing. I, I, was, I was expecting, I got two people in here that know what I'm talking about just yet. Um, we're watching... Fast X, and, and this was part of the, the saga and series of Fast and Furious, uh, but something happened uh, when I was watching that movie. At the end, there was no resolution. I'm not trying to spoil it for you. I'm just telling you. It was just left you, left you wondering. And those are the kind of movies that I, I, I really do not like. Now, I know some of you all I lost you a long time ago, so let me pull back uh, in, in your TV days. Uh, you remember when that question was, who shot J.R.? And you were wondering all the time who shot Jr. For some of you moderners, you, you remember how, how they never told us what Tommy's job was? Uh, for for as, as you continue to, to look, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm sci-fi, so if you look at Avatar, The Way of Water, it just, just left, you, left you hanging. I don't like when there isn't any resolution. But I, I, some of you, uh, you've been reading the Bible long, you know that some stories like that in Scripture. There's some stories that kind of leave you, you wondering. 
I like the story of Jonah, where, where God sends Jonah to, to Nineveh, to a group of people that he doesn't like, and so he has these racist ideologies toward them, and God speaks to him, but we're never told whether or not Jonah repented to go care for those people. Hmm. Like, like the young ruler that went to Jesus and in Luke, and he went to Jesus and said, um, what can I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus tells him what he needs to do. Um, and then after he says, I've done all those things, I've kept all those commandments since I was young. And then that young man then said, then Christ said to the young man, he said, well, then go sell all of your possessions and give them to the poor uh, and come follow me. And the text says that he went away, that young man went away sorrowful. But we're never told if he came back. Uh, one, one other, the... Um, the eldest son. You remember the story? An eldest son. We hear the prodigal son, and the prodigal son, he left uh, to go to a far country, took all uh, that his inheritance would give him, and he, he, he was wilding out. Um, he was doing his thing, and then he got into a famine, and all of a sudden, he came to his right mind, the text says, and he went back home. He saw his father. His father puts a ring on his finger, put a, a, cold, a robe around him, and celebrated him, but the oldest brother hears that a party is going on in the house. He hears the music going. He hears the music playing. He asks, he inquires, why is there a party going on? And someone says, oh, you're young younger brother has come back home. To which this older brother was indignant and he said, well, dad, I've been obedient this whole time. And yet you're throwing a party for him, but you never throwing a party for me. And the father then says to him, everything I have is yours. So let's now go and celebrate your brother. But we're never told as the father walked into that house and left the door open when the older brother walked in. Just as open-ended things. But one thing I love about being in relationship with God is that there is a crucial truth that God in his word wouldn't leave to be unanswered or unresolved. And that is what's going to happen in the end. That when all this is done, what is going to happen in the end time? And you ever wondered, I mean, you, you've seen that. I'm not talking about that Tim LaHaye stuff. Um, nothing against that, that creativity. But you ever wondered what's going to happen at the end? Well, God's word tells us that no matter what society declares, that those in society that choose to not believe, but regardless of what others may say, here is the truth. This is what's going to happen in the end. In the end, Jesus is coming soon. Now, you hear those who are celebrating that because there's something about the believer's life that we look in anticipation for Christ returning. And we know with certainty through Scripture that Christ is going to return. He's coming. He's coming again. And he's coming again to rule, to reign, and to transform this world and remake it, renew it into a righteous place. Christ is coming Again, one thing we know of Scripture is he coming because he said he would come. You want to know what's going to happen in the end? If ever you want to know what's going to happen in the end, uh, might I, I suggest that if you're reading and you want to know what's going to happen in the end, uh, go to the end. And when you go to the end of your Bibles, it ought to be the book of Revelation. In Revelation, that last chapter, chapter 22, you hear what's going to happen in the end right around verse 20. John writes, he testifies of these things saying, and this is what Jesus says, surely I am coming soon. In fact, you might remember that in John 14, when Jesus was comforting his followers, and we say it a lot during uh, funeral times, uh, when Jesus comes and follows, he says, and if I go to prepare a place for you, 
I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Christ is coming. But when you hear those scriptures, I hope you, you notice something there. He says, I am coming. I will come. First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, the 16th through 18th verse tells us, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of the archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive will be left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds, check it out, to meet him in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another. King James says, comfort one another with these words. What are we comforting one another with? The reality and the truth of our belief. I'm not talking about what the world believes. I'm talking about we, what we know as truth, as believers in Christ, that just as Jesus came, Jesus will come again. Man, yeah. Let me push it just a minute. Because when Christ came, he was born of a virgin. He ministered on earth. He performed miracles. He came as a substitute for us. He paid the penalty of our sins on the cross. He died for you and I that we might be delivered. And after his death, he was buried in a tomb. Three days later, he came up with all power in his hands, fully alive, engaging his disciples, letting them know that he was the risen Savior. And he tells disciples, uh, come and meet me at an undisclosed location. When they go to meet him there, Luke writes in the first chapter of Acts that as they were meeting him, they watched him ascend back to heaven in a cloud. There were some angels in the area, and they said to them, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the heavens? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into the heavens, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's why John writes in Revelations, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierce him and all tribes of the earth will well on account of him, even so, amen. The word of God declares, the promise of God declares, Christ himself declares that he is coming personally. He's not sending anybody. He's, he's coming himself. Uh, my, uh, I told you, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm, my kids are now adulting. No, we're adulting. Somebody's adulting. They, they, <laughs> They think they're adulting. I mean, they, they think they're adulting. But as long as you're on the payroll, I don't see how you're adulting. Anyway. Uh, and every now and then, uh, uh, things would happen in school, Anthony. And because um, I, I, my father wasn't in the household, it was very important to me that I would engage in the activities of my children. And so um, whenever something would go on, Dr. Al, at the school, um, I wouldn't send anybody. I will go handle it myself personally. And when Christ comes, he's coming personally for those who place their trust and hope and faith in him. He's coming for you, that you might be able to see him face to face, the one who died for you. Now, aren't you looking forward to it, that you're able to see the one who delivered you, the one who loved you in spite of everything, that you get to see him personally, because personally he is coming back for those who place their trust in him. 
and we look forward to it in anticipation. And what Peter reminds the believer is that, listen, in the last day, there are going to be some people, he calls them scoffers, will come and try to say that they have always been saying that Jesus is coming back, but look at it, he hasn't come back yet. That's what he says. But then he reminds the believer, tell them, wait a minute, this is not the first rodeo, because if God, if you look at the word of God, even at the beginning of creation, God, let me show you the power of God. He said the power of God is such that he's able to remake something. And so when he talks about God creating the world, God being the creator, he says, well, if God has the power to create the world, then God also has the ability when he judged the world to destroy the world. And he's talking and referencing when God destroyed the world with a flood, if you know Noah's story. And guess what? Archaeological evidence has shown that every civilization worldwide has an account of a major flood happening. It does happen. It, was, it did happen. And he said, even though there are people who are trying to ignore it, you as believers know it's true. And the same God who was able to do that is the same God who's able to return, not only to get you, but also to judge the world. That's what he says. Uh, but check out how he says it. He says, now, he's coming. Christ is coming. But he's not coming uh, in a hurry because he wants everyone to be ready for when he comes. And the way you know you are ready for when he comes is that you have personally a relationship with him right now. Now, check it out. I'm not saying ready like some of us interpret ready, okay? I don't need you to look at anybody right now, but somebody in your house, when they say they're ready, that means they're really ready. That means they have the key, they're sitting in the driver's seat, they're waiting for you to come, they are ready to go. There are others who might live in your house that say they're ready, and that means they got to go upstairs and get their sweater, they got to go get some other stuff, uh, and then... And then they're, don't, don't look at it right now, uh, and then they're, then they're ready to go. When, when he's talking about ready, it means right now, in a moment, when Christ comes, that you are packed up, you are geared up, you are connected to Christ, and there's nothing standing in your way because you know him personally. You know that he not only died for you, but that he releases you from your guilt and releases you from sin. You know for certain that you are a child of God. That means then that you are ready. So when he comes, all you got to do is be ready to go with him. Um, but, but notice, he is coming suddenly. Suddenly. When it happens, it's going to happen. Uh, when, when Christ comes back, he's going to appear. There, there won't be uh, a, a, run, a, long, a long running start where, where you're looking and saying, well, yeah, in, in a week's time he's going to come, and, and so I'll get ready on Friday. Oh, he normally turns up, he's going he's gonna to turn up in the afternoon. I know he'll come up. No, no, he'll come early in the morning because that's when he rose from the grave. Come, no, 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 we don't know when it's going to happen. Well, before we're done today, I'm going to tell you exactly when it's going to happen. But, but we, some people don't know when it's going to happen. What we do know that it's going to happen suddenly. You got it. It's going to happen suddenly. Um, this is what we call uh, eschatology. This is what we're talking about right now. This, the, the theology or the study of Christ coming back, or the study of last things, eschatology. Um, R.C. Sproul said that the church has gotten so confused as relate to eschatology that he calls it a crisis of eschatology. Eschatology. And so, uh, and so in saying that, because, the, because this has been the most debated um, subject matter of the church in regards to when Christ is coming and, and how he is 
is coming? And, and uh, do, will it be pre-trib or, or mid-trib or post-trib? Will, will the church be ratcheted up before the tribulation or after the tribulation? Uh, will the millennial reign of Christ um, come? Has it, is it now or, or should I be amillennial or, or should I be a post-millennial that's going to come after the tribulation? Um, I'm not going to debate that with you. I'm going to tell you where all the believers agree. You ready? They all agree that he is coming. And the question that you are stuck with answering is, will you, are you ready? Uh, This is what uh, 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, 1 through 6 verse says. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come, but it's going to come like a thief in the night. He says, while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them and as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Check it out. He says, it's going to happen suddenly, and for some people, that suddenly is going to be a dread. It's going to be a dread because they know that Christ is coming back, and when he comes back, he's coming back to judge. He's coming back to rule. He's coming back to reign, and those who are not in relationship with him will be on the wrong side when it's time for him to give judgment because those that he judges who are not in relationship with him, they will reap the benefits of their sins. And if you know the Bible, the Bible says the wages of sin is, yeah, eternally, eternally separated from God. Caught up in the destruction that's going to happen. But those who have a relationship with God, oh, they, we're looking forward to it. Not forward to the destruction. We're looking forward to his coming and making everything right. Do you ever look at the world sometimes and just get tired of the world? Get tired of all the evil you see out there. Get tired of all the destruction you see out there. Get tired of all the bad news you hear about how humanity treats humanity. Well, guess what? There's some of us are looking forward to when Christ comes and he makes everything right. No more evil. No more strife. Because Christ will rule and reign in this world. It's kind of like, um, uh, uh, like pregnancy. That's what he models that. Um, any, anybody been pregnant in here? You got a few kids. I know, I know, I know. I know. We, got, we got a few kids here. But you know, you, you remember, think, think back to when you were, you were pregnant. You remember how much you enjoyed the labor? You, you remember? You, you, you remember, think back for a moment. Think back think, when a baby would, would move and kick and be on your bladder. You, 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 you remember that. You, you, how you'd smile and you just, just appreciate that moment. But Paul Letty says, but when you least expect it, the baby is time to come. I know, I know mom's listening online. Um, she, she, she's probably saying amen in the chat right now uh, because uh, I, was, I was the first one to come, uh, and I'm her favorite son, so I can tell you this. Uh, uh, never mind, I have uh, three other sisters, but, um, but I'm the only boy, but I'm, I'm still her favorite son. Now, her worst son, too, but her favorite son. Uh, and so uh, she would tell you this because uh, when she was uh, completing her fifth month of pregnancy, when she completed her fifth month of pregnancy, she was in the mall, in the Galleria, and her water broke unexpectedly, <laughs> suddenly. And all of a sudden, she, she had realized she had a baby boy. That was me, y'all, just in case you're not catching it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I came up premature, and so it is my take that since, since the first time I tried to come early, it almost killed me, so I don't try to come early no more. <laughs> uh-uh. 
But listen to me. Christ is returning personally. And when he returns, it's going to be suddenly. And I know that we've been, some of us have been living long enough to, to where we've heard about the doomsday messages that, that Christ is coming. In 2000, all the computers were supposed to shut down because Christ is going to come. And there are those who are always trying to predict when Christ is coming. Um, let me tell you, any prediction that they have will be wrong. Because Christ himself said um, concerning the end times in Matthew 24 and 36, he says, the day and the hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, not even the Son, but the Father only. But he's coming. He's not only coming suddenly, but finally he's coming imminently. You can expect him to come. You may not know when he's coming, but you can expect him to come. Peter writes, he says, since all these things, the, the, the world and when Christ comes will be dissolved, what sort of people ought you be? When you're living for Christ with an awareness that at any moment he's going to come, then how should you be? He said you should be holy. He said you should be righteous. He said since you know Christ is going to come, that at every moment you want to be seen doing the right thing, waiting on him to come, anticipating that he's going to come, trusting that when he comes, it's going to be good news for you. So in Matthew 24, it says, therefore, you must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You must be ready. First John says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he does appear, we will be like him. Because when you're ready, then you know the time is going to come where Christ is going to be come, and you're going to put off this sinful flesh, and you'll be able to be like him. Here's some good news. This is one of the reasons why you want to get with him before he comes. The reason why you want to get with him before he comes, because when he comes, Revelation says he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll never be so, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more trouble, no more e evil, because the former things will be passed away. Uh, and all things will be made, made new. It says, uh, this is a trustworthy statement, and it is it's true. But I'm, I'm almost done, but it's important for me to impress this upon you. Because when you really study Scripture... And I'm not talking about uh, pneumatology where um, Peter wants us to know that there are some people who are trying to understand the time he's coming. And uh, he says, uh, but, but to God, um, a thousand years is but a day, and a day is like a thousand years. And he's using this uh, to illustrate the fact that our concept of time is so far um, minute compared to God's concept of time. Let me catch you for a moment. You know any little, little people in your life, how an hour seems like a long time for them? But since you've been living in Houston now, um, drive time, and somebody says, oh, it's just 45 minutes. Say, oh, yeah, that's, that's just right around the corner. <laughs> well, well, just like there's a vast difference between an adult's concept of time and a kid's concept of time, God is beyond time. And so a thousand years is but, but a moment for him. But I told you I would, I would tell you. I can tell you this, uh, Blair, because I matriculated at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. I don't know what DBU and all them places taught y'all, but I, 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 I was taught Hebrew and, and Greek. A little bit of Aramaic, but 
went to German instead and, and loved to learn from the German the theologians. And, 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 and I can tell you, and you will be glad that you come here. You come here to worship because I'm going to tell you when he's coming. When you really look at Scripture, he tells you in that last verse of Revelation, Revelation 22, he says, Surely I am coming. When are you coming, Lord? Soon. I'm coming soon. See, the greater question is not when he's coming, but it's whether you are truly ready for when he comes. When you accept Christ, you receive his love, you receive God's forgiveness, you receive redemption, you are already made new. Because the Bible says if anyone's in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things pass away, but all things, Alice, becomes new. And in Christ, you have a new life. You transition from, from being an enemy of God to being a child of God when you come and say yes to him. It's only then that you'll be ready. So you're not ready, but based on what you're able to do. You're ready based on what Christ has already done. What Christ has done is that he made a way for you to be ready today. See, all of us have sinned. All of us. All of us are still struggling to, as we walk this road with the Lord, to, to get rid of the sin in our lives and lay it aside. The beauty is that Christ came to forgive you of all of your sins. And when you come to him, he cleans the slate. And you become his child. Free to live as God has called you to live so you're not fearful of when he comes. You don't have to be fearful of when the Lord comes because you know that as when you're his child, his judgment is coming to you in terms of rewards because he's coming with gifts for, his, for the church and for his people. But to those who rejected him, they've made their choice. And when he comes, they'll experience destruction. And don't miss this. God doesn't want that for you. So you wonder why he hasn't come yet? Because he's being patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants all of us to come to repentance. That means we see our wrong and we turn and go to God to make it right. I invite you to bow your heads all over the building. Because Christ wants you with him at the end time. He wants you with him so that when you transition this life, you'll be with him in eternal life. It requires you having a relationship with him. And if you're in this place, and it's your desire to have a relationship with God, a real relationship, you don't have to walk in fear anymore. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to be accepted that you will be in the family of God. If that's your desire, 
With all heads bowed, would you just lift your hand up? I just, I just, we want to recognize you right now. If you, if that's your desire, if you said right now, I see you, my brother, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. Uh, if you want, I see you, my sister, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. If that is your desire, then today is the day where you get to say yes. And now that your hand is up, I want to challenge you right now. All, we are praying for you. So right now, if, you, if your hands are up, why don't you stand up? If your hands up, take the next step and stand up to say yes. If your hand is up right now, I see you, my brother. There you go. I see you, my sister. Stand up. See you, my, I see you, my sister. I see you, my brother. You're making that decision. I, I see you. I see you. Now, now I, we're going to celebrate. Come on. I said we're going to celebrate. So we're thanking God for you. Everybody lift your eyes. Look at what the Lord has done. And those who are standing, listen. Would you, if you don't mind, tell, tell your neighbor, excuse me, I want you to come down here. I want to pray with you that you continue in this course with the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, my brother. Come on, come on, come on, come on, my brother. Come on, my sister. I saw you in the back. Come on, come on. You've made a decision today to celebrate Christ. Come on, y'all. Let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. I'm talking about let's stand all over the building and thank God for the decision that they made on this day for their lives have been changed and they'll never be the same. Did you hear me? They'll never be the same. Come on, my sister. It's not too late. Come on, come on, come on, come on. There are others. Come on, give them a hand as they come. Give them a hand as they come. Give them a hand as they come. Let them know. You're saying yes. They're saying yes. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.